Welcome to Bare Roots, the podcast that unearths the truth. Allegedly. We're your hosts. I'm Alina. And I'm Shannon. Welcome to Bare Roots. Today, we are going to be talking all about the Irish crown jewels. And now this may be a topic that not many may be familiar with. Shannon and I, we didn't really know a lot about it. But this story, guys, this is actually very juicy. It's It has everything a good story is. It's scandalous. There are suspects. It has the royals involved. It's about jewelry. Like, all the high stakes are here. And we're going to be diving in and talking about all about what happened to the missing Irish crown jewels. Shannon, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Yeah, I'm really glad that we found this topic because this is going to come out around St. Patrick's Day and we wanted to do a Irish themed episode, but we weren't like really inspired by leprechauns or like maybe St. Patrick's Day itself, but did some digging and I found this one and to be fair, okay, so when you look up mystery, unsolved mysteries uh, in Ireland, mm-hmm. it's all, like, serial killers and murders, and I'm like, that's also not the vibe. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like, I, we need a little bit more of a pep in our step. Right. I mean, we yep. do talk about a lot of murders on the show, but it's just, like, I don't, we don't need to talk about serial killers on St. Patrick's Day. True, 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 true. We're trying to bring the fun the action and what really St. Patrick's Day is all about. (laughs) So it's about about having a fun time and partying it up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which uh, that happened a lot in this story. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So we're just going to buckle in and go on this ride. And I mean, I hope you learned something because we certainly learned a lot researching this. Literally never heard of it before. Yeah. Researching. Exactly. No, this is so interesting. And like the poor Irish, you know, they're such like, they're always in the shadows, especially against (laughs) the British. So this story is really genuinely good. But of course, like, you know, again, they're kind of in the background. And I thought it was really funny uh, when Shannon and I were researching how if any of you go into, you know, a little research, I was gonna say a research tunnel, but that's not even right. Whatever. So if you guys (laughs) research this, Lots of green ads, like so many, so Mm -hmm. many St. Patrick's Day ads, Guinness ads. It was just stereotypes thrown at me. Right. They were really, the the Irish websites are just throwing it at you. Mm -hmm. But without further ado, let's dive in on what's the record. What happened, Shannon? Break it down for us. Okay. So a lot of you might not even know that there were Irish crown jewels, because we certainly didn't. But the jewels consisted of a star, which was decorated with Brazilian diamonds, with its center, a emerald shamrock, because if it's an Irish jewel, I guess they have to put a shamrock on it, or else it's not Irish. Then there was a ruby cross behind the shamrock, and everything was on a blue enamel background. The second piece of the Irish crown jewels was a diamond badge. And then after that, they had five gold jewel encrusted collars from deceased knights. Altogether, these insignia comprised of 394 jewels, which mostly came from Queen Charlotte's jewelry. So Queen Charlotte, who was the wife of George III, who was the mad George who lost America. Awkward. Yeah. For like the reference for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're in, we're in 1783. 
So posts like revolutionary war. Yeah. It's still on everybody's mind. It's raw. The British are still, it's a bad time, but King George the third, he created the most illustrious order of St. Patrick for Ireland. So this was like an order of knights, which is kind of funny that this was founded in 1783, because I really want knights to be in like the middle ages or the medieval time. Mm -hmm. I want you to be on horseback in shining armor. And this is picture baby U.S. infancy and then picture knights. Yep. (laughs) The order would have 22 Irish knights. And actually, fun fact, the last knight in this order died in 1974. Wow. Not honestly that long ago. No. I wonder how long he was a solo one, you know? Yeah. It's kind of sad. A lone rider. So the jewels arrived at Dublin Castle in 1830. So they went, what? They went like 50 years without having any jewels. The order didn't have anything. And in 1830, after the death of King George IV, they were, the jewels were returned to state authorities by Lady Cunningham, who she was the last mistress of the kings. And basically she got the jewels during that whole when she was with the king and then when he died she's like i guess i can't have these jewels anymore because they're kind of you know part of the state and they're not mine and i'm only a mistress (laughs) (laughs) so she gave them back and then at that point they decided to put the stones in a you know form these jewels form this badge form this star and give it to the order of saint patrick To be fair, a little bit sad. These weren't really known to be like super interesting or valuable. I mean, there's a lot of gems on here and jewels, but compared to the royal, the British royal crown jewels, this is nothing. Yeah, which might explain why this story is probably not well known because of that fact is like, okay, sure, we lost it, but whatever. (laughs) Right. Like it's. I mean, for us common folk, this is a big deal, but for Mm -hmm. royalty, it's like, meh. Yeah, it's just like another another piece gone, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. The value that they could hold, sources were different online. It seemed like it could be like a million dollars in today's money, anywhere up to $20 million. So it's in, you know, they're worth something. Yeah, they're worth something. So it's like, I don't know if it originally was not worth a lot or is this time, you know, that is accumulated due to inflation. That's why it might be worth like a million, maybe even the 20 million. I don't know. But, you know, again, to your point, Shannon, to us common folk, I'm sure it was very expensive. (laughs) Right. And they were used to swear in new knights. So they basically the only time they were taken out, as far as I'm aware, is when they have to go through like an inauguration process of a knight and then the grand master knight would put them on and perform the ceremony Mm -hmm. so now we get to the theft the year was 1901 it was july 6th and it was just four days before the arrival of king edward the seventh in ireland so king edward from britain is coming over And there's going to be a ceremony. One of the days on his travel, he has to use these jewels. Or there's a ceremony that needs these jewels. 
And on July 6th, it was discovered that the crown jewels had been stolen from Dublin Castle. So these jewels were kept in a safe in the castle's Bedford Tower, which also accommodated the offices of Sir Arthur Vicar and his staff. So he was kind of in charge of security. And there was 24-hour patrol of policemen and soldiers. Like, this is the castle, you know? (laughs) This is the castle. Yeah. And the Times reported that, quote, there is no spot in Dublin or possibly in the UK, which is at all hours of the 24, more constantly and systematically occupied by soldiers and policemen. Wow. So it's getting the credit that it's saying, you know, this is a legit security. How many other places have this? Not a lot. So this should be top notch. Right. And did I say 1901? Did this happen? say, yeah. I believe it's 1907. So I think I said it was 1901, but it's actually July 6, 1907. Because in 1903, a safe room was installed within the castle to house these jewels and things like it. And um, it's a little bit awkward because after the safe room was built, it was discovered that the safe was actually too big to fit into the room, which that's a whoopsie. For the designers, a real big whoopsie. So they couldn't put the safe in the safe room and they moved it into the outside strong room, which was also the library, which was also also Sir Arthur Vickers office. And there were seven keys to the door, but two keys were kept by Sir Arthur Vicker. The seven keys, a couple people had those, like it wasn't just him, but those two keys that were to the actual safe those were in Vickers' hands. I believe I read somewhere that he had one key in his office and then one at home. So he separated the keys. He needed both to get in there. He was a little bit, (laughs) this guy was (laughs) a character because he was um, definitely lax in his security. And there are numerous stories of him getting drunk and passing keys off to his friends. There's um, stories of him waking up from a drunken stupor with the crown jewels like wrapped around him. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> it got so bad that like they didn't even know when the crown jewels actually were missing because it could have been the last time they were seen was on June 11th and now it's July 6th. And there were a lot of missteps between June 11th and July 6th. So at one point, the door of the building and the door to the strong, strong room were found open on separate occasions, and Vickers failed to take action. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Right. <laughs> and the, the cleaner, Mrs. Farrell, um, at one point had found an intruder in the storeroom or in the strong room. And then in May of 1907... He, Vickers, mistakenly left the first key in the safe, attached to the key ring with his other office keys. He just left it there. And they were discovered by a maid. And she sent them to another office. She's like, uh, (laughs) I don't think this is supposed to be here. (laughs) Like, oh my goodness. This man had a problem. It's like, come on. I mean, I know they're worth something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. On the morning of the finding that they were gone july 6th a cleaning woman found she's really the mvp she's finding all these things she really is she's taking up the slack maybe she's the one who did it that's not one of our people but she's always seems to be here interesting 
but on the record, <laughs> the morning of July 6th, the cleaning woman found the door to the safe room standing open, as it has in the past. <laughs> and the security door was bolted, but the keys were left dangling in the lock. And Vickers was not alarmed at first, which is just... <laughs> It's just hilarious because he's like, eh, I've done this before. <laughs> like per usual, like the keys are stuck in the door. Oh, like normal. Did I do that? <laughs> uh, it wasn't until later that afternoon that Vickers sent a message to the library to deposit another caller. So apparently every time a knight died, they get the caller and that had jewels on it. And then they put it in the safe. So some knight died. He had a new caller, had to put it in the safe. And they opened up the safe and everything was gone. And it's just like the irony is that they're like, wait, I'm shocked. Like, how could this have happened? (laughs) When in reality, Vickers is just not doing his job. Right, right. And there was no sign of a forced entry. So it had to be, you know, an inside job to some (laughs) degree. I mean, he also was just leaving things unlocked. (laughs) (laughs) And it even seemed that the culprits returned to leave a trail of clues to ensure that the crime was uncovered. So, like, we don't know when this <laughs> happened, but they were like, come on. They, they wanted some sort of uh, glory in the newspaper or something. And they just kept coming back and moving things around and nobody was noticing. They really were just mocking him. Like, right. guys, like, literally stealing candy from a baby. And okay, so the ribbon and clasp of the badge were left behind, indicating that the thieves were in no rush and they maybe even attended, intended to return the jewels. And apparently the thieves were so keen to have their work discovered that they returned more than once to leave, again, more obvious clues. Like, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to leave the door <laughs> wide open. <laughs> we're going to leave the keys in the door. And so, again, this is four days before the king is supposed to come and go to the ceremony, which required the crown with jewels. And he was pissed. (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, it's four days and this is, what year are we? Yeah, he's on his way. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. like he can hop, skip, and a jump over there too quick. But he's already on his way. And he had other things to do in Dublin, but that was one of the big things he was going for. And now... (laughs) The whole reason is missing. And so that ceremony was canceled and an investigation went underway. But this investigation was very strange. And I don't know about you, Lillian, but when I was researching this, it was like, like you had to look into it a little bit before you could even see talk of the investigation. Yeah. But it didn't seem like they even put any effort into trying to find it. It was like. It was like this happened, it was gone, and then like a couple suspects, and that was it. It was like there, to your point, there was no investigation, or it seemed to be that way. Right. So Scotland Yard, uh, a Scotland Yard detective was brought in to investigate, but his reports have gone missing. Of course. Of course they have. Mm -hmm. Sure sign of a conspiracy. Mm -hmm. Then um, (laughs) Sir Arthur Vickers, he... um, Got very desperate because everybody blamed him because it was his fault. So he consulted a psychic who advised him to search graveyards in the vicinity of Dublin. He's like, oh, my God. And they went out and actually dug up some graveyards that the psychic told them to go to. Imagine like that's just so funny to me. Like you're just so desperate. And I just imagine him like having a pint and just being like, you know what? I should go to a psychic. 
It's like, extra funny to picture him as a knight because I just picture him in his whole getup and just sitting down at a psychic with the the glass <laughs> ball and he's just like wringing out his hands like I lost the jewels. Where is it? <laughs> so he actually accused his second in command, Frank Shackleton, of the crime. And if you recognize the last name Shackleton, you are right. This is the brother of Ernest Shackleton, who's the famous um, explorer of Antarctica. And this is his less known little brother. And (laughs) he was the second command for Vickers. And Vickers was like, it was him. Also, the Sherlock Holmes author, Arthur Conan Doyle, he, (laughs) it's so funny. There's so many webs in here because... (laughs) So the author of Sherlock Holmes, he was a distant cousin to Vickers, and he offered his help from the investigation. So not only is Vickers getting psychic help, he's also getting basically Sherlock Holmes help. He's probably like, dude, like I blacked out. I don't know what happens, but (laughs) (laughs) just taking any help psychic, Sherlock Holmes, these are professional people. I'm not saying that's a bad option. I mean, was... The author, like anything other than an author, though, like is he an actual <laughs> investigator? <laughs> what an amazing question. That is something we should dive into. <laughs> so in the end, a reward was offered by Scotland Yard for any information about the whereabouts of the jewels, but nothing came up. And to this day, they are still missing. Yes, exactly. So uh, now we'll kind of dive into the conspiracy theories, and there's a lot of them. There are a lot of suspects to the story, and they are beyond just the obvious as well, which makes this case super interesting. For the most part, what most likely happened is that the jewelry, the jewels themselves were probably broken up for like their own value and like sold out of the country. So if I had to guess what they had happened, most likely, I doubt that somebody out there has it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't go to a pawn shop and be like, I have this big badge of diamonds. Exactly, exactly. Especially during that time. I mean, I'm sure people were talking about it. And yeah, imagine having a whole thing of it. Right. Yeah. And it has a sh- uh, shamrock. So I just feel like that would be so telling. <laughs> like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, like, what is this doing here? And besides the conspiracy of who took them, there are also seems to be a bit of a curse on all of the suspects involved. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> spooky. Spooky. So let's go ahead and dive into some of these interesting suspects. So number one, we got probably the most obvious choice, and that is Sir Arthur Vickers. So, I mean, we kind of already talked about it on the record, but... Man, oh man. I mean, he had all the keys, right? And the safe was in his office. It was literally his job to do, (laughs) to protect these jewels. And he clearly failed. Beyond that, he was caught on multiple occasions wearing them one drunk. And so he was just a straight up irresponsible guy. You know, how could you trust this man when suddenly these crown jewels are gone and boom, they disappear? Who could it be? You know? So on one occasion, when Vickers was intoxicated at a party, the Grand Master of the Order's son, Lord Haddo, took one of the safe keys, stole the jewels, and returned them to Vickers uh, by post as a prank. So imagine, <laughs> like, everybody knew. Like, everyone was in it. Everyone knew that he sucked at his job and that they could do anything. Like, what? Right. <laughs> 
And he was also known to show off the regalia to impress visitors. So, I mean, this guy is just like irresponsible, kind of arrogant in that sense. I just really want to show off like what he has, not even what he has, but what he does really um, and say like, wow, look at me, look at me. Uh, so he was ultimately blamed for allowing the theft to happen, but not necessarily taking them himself. So, which is quite interesting. But for those who are wondering, yes, he was eventually fired from his position after King Edward found out. So it's like, finally, a little justice has been served, not necessarily for stealing it because that wasn't proven but for the fact of you know he's sucking at his job <laughs> yeah i mean it shouldn't have happened it shouldn't have been that easy you should have at least break it into the room to <laughs> exactly and one interesting thing that i don't want to like dive into but like i want to dive into was that in 1921 he was killed by members of the ira for being a royal informer did you guys hear that? That was my mind being blown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I have so many questions. Like, isn't that so fascinating? Yeah, it's just like a, such an unfortunate time. <laughs> such an unfortunate time. We got kind of like the roaring 20s happening. So we got like the prohibition vibes, the mafia this is Ireland. <laughs> but this is Ireland. So then we got the IRA vibes. But then he was for being a royal informer. It's just like so interesting. Uh, they shot him and burned him. Or burned sorry, down his house. Sorry, burned down his house. <laughs> dramatic, but not as dramatic um, as I made it seem uh, for entertaining British officers. And I mean, I think we all know the the divide between the Irish and the British. So he just really liked a good party. You know, he even went down partying, I guess. Yeah, he really did. Shall we wait for our uh, tinfoil hat? (laughs) No, I think we can do that. Okay, let's do it. So Shannon, where's your tinfoil hat on uh, (laughs) this guy? I definitely don't think he did it. I don't think he took them. But yeah, I just think he was not the right person for this job. (laughs) I completely agree. It's so funny because I feel like Megan, like, I feel like everybody knew that it wasn't him. Like, he's just like so dumb. Like, you know, he probably could have done this. I think he, to a point, maybe he was loyal enough in the sense that like he wouldn't take it and he respected his job to that extent, but did not respect it enough to take it seriously in the security aspect. Right. (laughs) But isn't that crazy that he still wasn't blamed for it? Yeah, I mean, I guess if they didn't have any proof of him actually taking them, then they can't charge him with that, but they can certainly fire him. (laughs) That's true. True, true, true. And also, he does seem to be a shady guy if he was a royal informer. So it's like, hmm. I don't even know what that means. He was like, I don't want to say a rat, but he was low-key a rat. Like, he was basically like a double agent, like working for the British, but then also being on the Irish side. And like, he was like... So I'm just picturing him having, (laughs) I'm just picturing him having British friends and he had them over for a party and then they're like (laughs) entertaining the enemy. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like also it's like, what could possibly be going on? I don't know. It just seems like 1921. I don't know. I feel like we're diving into modern times. So I feel like the royalty of like, oh, like, let me take over the crown. Like, da, 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 da. It just seems so out there you know yeah. it doesn't seem it's like it's now it's too modern but unless he was like in political parties i don't know it's so interesting <laughs> so interesting so the second person 
which we talked a little bit about. And this guy is Frank Shackleton. Uh, and as Shannon mentioned, he is the younger brother of uh, Ernest Shackleton. And he was appointed to the largely honorary post of Dublin Herald by Sir Arthur Vickers. And Vickers had actually blamed Frank for the theft until his death. So Vickers was just ultimately, what's the word? He was convinced that it was Frank. So can I I read the will stuff? Yes, please go for it. So this made me die. I love this guy. So, okay. Vickers, he made, his will wasn't made public until 1976 and he died in the 20s, like we just said. But from the will, he wrote, quote, I might have had more to dispose of had it not been for the outrageous way in which I was treated by the Irish government over the loss of the Irish crown jewels in 1907, backed by the late King Edward VII, when I was made a scapegoat to save other departments responsible, and when they shielded the real culprit and thief, Francis R. Shackleton, brother of the explorer who didn't reach the South Pole. (laughs) And then... He says, my whole life and work, oh, this is sad, <laughs> but my whole life and work was ruined by this cruel misfortune and the and by the wicked and black guardly acts of the Irish government. I had hoped to leave a legacy to my dear little dog, Ronnie. <laughs> had he not been taken from me this year, we shall meet in the next world. And I'm like, oh my God, that is the most, like, I didn't think wills were that interesting. He said that he didn't have enough money or he didn't, he would have been able to leave his dead dog more money if he hadn't been ousted by the Irish government. And when I was reading, when I was reading it in the article, I, uh, you know, it says my legacy to my dear little, and I'm like, oh my God, does he have like a granddaughter? Does he have a daughter? Mm -hmm. My dear little dog, Ronnie. (laughs) You know? Sometimes pets are like children to people. <laughs> yeah. Just like spiteful, you know, all the way to the end. All the way to the end. And I actually personally love the fact that he wrote like Francis Shackleton of the brother who didn't reach the South Pole. Like jab, <laughs> jab. <laughs> so many jabs. <laughs> like this loser is teamed up and known for another loser. <laughs> Man. So petty, but so interesting. And you know, it's so interesting he was able to write that all out considering that he was killed by the IRA. Like maybe yeah. he had it ready to go. He wanted someone to read that basically. Oh no, he did. That was clearly a will that was meant to be put in newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love it. Thank you, Sir Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Shackleton. So the reason why Shackleton was considered high suspect on the list is because his financial affairs were always suspect. And even at that time, he was considered a prime suspect in the jewelry theft, like literally while it was happening. So he allegedly uh, was out of the country when the theft happened, but that doesn't mean he couldn't have gotten away with having somebody else take them. We'll dive into that. So basically, Shackleton was the mastermind behind the theft. You know, there's always got to be a mastermind. (laughs) And his associate, Captain Richard Howard Gorgs, carried out the job. So there was an article that appeared in the Irish Times in 1968 that suggested that Shackleton was working in conjunction with Captain Richard Gorge. And he had stole Vickers' keys one night after Vickers had gotten drunk. 
per usual, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> removed the jewels and put everything back in its place and returned the keys as if nothing had happened. However, Shackleton was never formally accused of the crime, so they really couldn't like pinpoint it down to him. But could that have happened? Maybe. And the investigation of the jewel theft didn't seem to be that thorough. Uh, There's a belief, actually, that the investigation was randomly dropped a few years after it started due to possibly and allegedly a deeper scandal that was uncovered and then hastily or hastily covered back up. So it's like, hmm, like what could they be trying to cover up if that is true? Mm-hmm. So one reason why this theory may have not been pursued and Vickers made a scope scapegoat was because Shackleton was gay. Uh, and this kind of ties into the whole scandal situation. Mm-hmm. So given the circles he moved in and the fact that being gay was considered a crime back in the day, the king and viceroy uh, would have been keen to avoid a scandal. During the investigation, rumors were spread about scandalous parties held at the castle. So these scandalous parties were not something that, of course, they want like the press, the people to know about. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the ring of debauchery at work in the Dublin castle included wild, drunken parties, orgies, and homosexual affairs. The Scandal. Scandal. The rumor was that when Edward VII heard about the scandal, he shut down the inquiry, uh, fearing the consequences of public revelation. But why would the king care if Shackleton was accused of being gay? Possibly because another attendee to these parties was the Duke of Argyle, the king's brother-in-law. And (laughs) he reportedly, it's always the uncle, brother-in-law, you know. Uh, he reportedly declared, I quote, I will not have a scandal. I will not have mud stirred up and thrown about. The matter must be dropped. Uh, and a historian, actually, and his name is Owen Dudley Edwards, commented saying, the very same people who may condemn homosexuality, maybe if not necking themselves with attractive footmen in the conservatory, may certainly be on the best of terms with people whom they know are. So one official report was generally inconclusive, but made the point of declaring Shackleton's innocence. So yeah, a lot like there. A lot to dive into. Yeah. What are your thoughts about that? I think it's highly possible because yeah, when I started researching about that, it's just like, okay, that's all fine and good. But like, what does the king care if Shackleton is gay or like, I mean, mm-hmm. he obviously would throw him in jail or whatever they would have to do, but why would he be protecting Shackleton, I guess, is the question. Yeah. But when you dive a little deeper, it's like, oh, your brother-in-law is in on the, like, you have to have somebody that you're trying to protect at these parties. And oops, it's the brother-in-law. So that is quite a big scandal. And again, these are not to the king. These aren't really that important jewels. So it's better mm-hmm. for him to just kind of let it all disappear, you know? Exactly. Like for him it's probably not worth it and he definitely if that is true he wouldn't want people to start digging into it even further right right and that would explain why the investigation was kind of lackluster exactly 
so interesting. And I also agree with you. I think it's very highly possible that that could have been true. Mm -hmm. So a few years later for Shackleton, uh, he was actually sentenced to 15 months of hard labor on a charge of a banking fraud. So he was never condemned or punished for this the jewelry um theft which of course i guess technically no one was but he did end up going to jail so i guess he could was a bad boy um (laughs) (laughs) and you know interestingly enough he ended up changing his name and kind of disappeared without a trace when he was released from jail so it's like hmm maybe he had a plan i don't know because he had the jewels i don't know and it is believed that he died in Chister, just Chister. I don't know how to say that one. <laughs> I know the stir, the ch- Chichester, 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 Chichester. I'm gonna say that. <laughs> sounds that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, in uh, 1941. So Frank's friends, Richard Gorge, who was the second, who was the captain, who supposedly t- stole the jewels while. Shackleton was quote unquote out of the country. Yes, the partner in crime, if you will, who was also gay, um, was later jailed for the manslaughter of a policeman in London and he was sentenced to 12 years. It's like, yeah, this is an insane story because I just wanted to be like, I think you put down that note of like he was jailed for manslaughter. And then I'm like, huh, wonder what that was about. And then I looked into it and it is a crazy story. So he shot a policeman because the there are two policemen that came to his apartment with a warrant for his arrest for being gay. Whoa. And apparently he, apparently they came to his apartment without him there. And because they had evidence that he had told people that if the police came, he was going to shoot them. Like if mm. they laid a hand on him, he was going to shoot them. So they went to his apartment when he was out and then they took his guns out of the house and the ammunition. Mm-hmm. And then they went back to when he was at the apartment and, but he had a revolver on him and he shot the police officer at like point blank range. And then the other police officer jumped him and like pinned him down and they arrested him. And so but at his trial, he claimed to have headaches from an old battle because he used to be a soldier. And um, he also said that he was very drunk the day of the shooting. <laughs> but yeah, it was absolutely insane. And then he came to a horrible end as well. Because in 1944, he was hit by an underground train in London and died. Whoa. Oh my god, imagine? I don't know if this was a suicide. I don't know if this was like, I'm drunk and stumbling onto the tracks. Right. But... A lot of people are dying that are in connection with these jewels and they're all like violent deaths. (laughs) (laughs) No, so true. And not only that, but like they're also getting arrested, you know, like for. Yeah. Other things. Other things. It's like, whoa, like I wasn't expecting that, especially when you think of like you wouldn't think someone working at the castle. I mean, granted, these are criminals after the math, but like, you know, just like criminal tendencies, I guess you could say. My goodness. So, um, yeah, that is Frank Shackleton. Uh, where's your tinfoil hat on this guy? I, I want to believe that. I definitely, I think it's in like the coronation mm-hmm, stage mm-hmm. over my head. I do think that he was involved in that 
the whole party scandal was the reason why the king shut it down. However, why if you successfully got the jewels out, why are you having banking? Why are you going to prison for banking fraud? Yeah, good question. But maybe it's like a high, like they just want more. Maybe, but I think I don't. I think this guy was the one that I found that he like tried to use a bad check somewhere. Mm, that makes sense. So it's just kind of like I don't know. Wouldn't you be kind of sitting pretty if you just made all this money? But maybe he was just horrible in money, and um, or maybe they something happened in the transport or something. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I agree. I feel like it's not necessarily him, but I definitely feel like he is tied to it mm. in like a strong way, not just like, oh, he works at the castle type of way. I can definitely see those allegations of like the party and the scandals being true. But yeah, I think who knows? Like, could this have, could he have been the mastermind of this all? I don't know. Cause again, there was no evidence. So, which is kind of the whole point of this. Yeah, story. Right. And maybe it's like a 50-50. Like mm-hmm. maybe the the party scandal is what made it hush hush, but it was just somebody else in the party scene. Like it didn't have to be Frank Shackleton, but it's somebody mm-hmm. in there. And if you're gonna dig into this investigation, you would unleash this party and then you have important people connected to that. And then that's what so it doesn't have to be him, but I do my tinfoil hat is on for the fact that there was a scandal that the king was covering up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so fascinating the third suspect that we have is a man named pierce o mahoney so he was a vicar's assistant and he was actually accused of the crime as well Uh, but there really wasn't any strong evidence for him for this and yeah that's kind of it huh (laughs) yeah the only reason why we put this one in here was because he also came to an untimely death so yeah keep it up yeah 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 so in 1914 he accidentally shot himself in the chest with his own gun when he was climbing over a fence wow series of unfortunate events yep dang another guy who was a culprit possibly uh again everybody's just tied to sir arthur this guy is a social man (laughs) Um, we have Lord Ronald Gower and he was a good friend of Sir Arthur Vicar and he was within his circle so he had been close to Oscar Wilde and incidentally was an avid correspondent with the young Sir Hugh Lane and I looked into him like what is like the you know connection like who is this guy Hugh Lane so Hugh Lane was actually a pretty big deal in like the art world. He was an Irish art dealer, collector, and gallery director. So it's almost like through a friend of a friend, he could have in this theory basically said, hey, if you, like, I know about these jewels. Like, I'm obviously an art dealer. Like, I can make something happen. I probably know a bunch of people. I get the value of it all. Maybe even taking pieces of the jewels and breaking it up or something and, like, putting it in a museum. I don't know. But clearly, just having those connections is quite interesting. It's just a little suspicious with this guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But nothing ended up coming of him either yeah nothing came out and those were like the suspects during like that time there was one suspect that came out 
a little bit later, and his name was Francis Bennett Goldney. So Francis was appointed Athlone Pursuivant, whatever that may be, um, <laughs> at the Dublin Castle. So basically, uh, actually, <laughs> because we wrote in our notes, what that is, is it's something basically like a, like a junior position, so the Ulster uh, King of Arms. So it's like your entry level job, <laughs> just got a college kind of vibes. And so he did that and he got to work with Sir Vickers. And even though he had the opportunity, many people thought he was an English gentleman and he really would have lacked motivation. So he never became a prime suspect during that time uh, of investigation. But it wasn't until after he died in 1918 from a car crash, because again, a lot of tragic deaths, Mm -hmm. um, that it was discovered he actually had a trove of stolen goods in his home. But there was still no evidence that could connect him to the stolen crown jewels. But it's like, hmm, again, suspicious that you had like a bunch of stolen goods. Like, could you have possibly have done this? Yeah. Uh, and we're not just talking like goods as in like bags of rice and stuff. Like this was really valuable stuff that they found in his apartment after the fact. <laughs> like They're like, where did he get this? <laughs> exactly. Honestly, my tinfoil hat is like... Mm, like Loki coronation yeah I kind of like it too yeah like maybe this could have been the guy like so unsuspecting but also again inside job and just you know what they had discovered it's like hmm maybe and I mean you wouldn't just because they didn't find the jewels in his apartment doesn't mean he didn't take them because you would again the most obvious thing to do is to break them up and sell them and uh, yeah, I thought it was funny that they, they're like, he's an English gentleman. He wouldn't do something like that. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like, maybe he had that motive. Honestly, like good for him for flying under the radar if he did. <laughs> right. They didn't suspect him until later. Like, yeah, he, yeah, he was going yeah. scot-free until he died. Exactly. So maybe good for him. So in the late 90s, like I'm talking like 1990s, the Sunday Mirror blamed the theft on the Irish Republican Brotherhood, which is basically a secret fraternity. (laughs) Um, And they claimed that this organization had blackmailed two heralds within the castle to carry out the robbery and then murdered them. And then the news article also announced that the jewels had been buried near Greystones. So it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, you know what I thought was interesting um, was the buried part just because of the psychic and how she thought it was like, mm. or she or he was like, thought it was buried too. Uh, I thought that was quite interesting. But yeah, I'm like, huh, I'm, I, I'm not against a secret fret though. You mean doing it? Yeah, like being a part of it. I thought you were just saying in general, you weren't against secret <laughs> <friend>. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. Um, for being the mastermind behind of the missing jewels well like is the knighthood kind of just a secret frat too so are these two rivalry secret frats <laughs> honestly great point yeah you're probably right <laughs> i mean i didn't look into what the order actually did so i'm probably really wrong about that but that's how i picture it <laughs> you're right it's just the battle of secret frats so yeah so you know maybe possibly but we have another group and this group is the royal family, of course. 
gotta have them in here. So the theft was actually arranged by the monarchy and the jewels form part of a badge that Queen Elizabeth II, who is the current queen, wears, which features Indian diamonds. It's like, hmm, interesting. You know, in this theory, right, if you follow along, like, why would the royal family want to essentially steal them back? I mean, if you technically think about it, they were just taking back what was theirs in the first place, right? But the thing is, is that the Buckingham Palace has actually, like, disputed this claim. And, I mean, when you really think about it in, like, the most general scheme of life, I guess you could say, like, why would they really care about these jewels? Especially because they're British, you know? And again, like, that rivalry against the They have all of the jewels. Yeah. So it's like, why would they want the shamrock jewel? (laughs) (laughs) thing that was like also belonged to like George III who was like so controversial and was like the mad king you know it's like and then it was like his mistress had it it's just like you know there's a, like a lot of ties I just feel like they're better off without it yeah um but yeah so you know maybe maybe they could have taken back but then the thing about this theory also just because it was theirs I mean like the King Edward was going there so maybe he could have just taken it then if he really wanted it <laughs> yeah I guess so Maybe I mean, that's why he was mad. Maybe because he was like, was damn, I was going to take those too. <laughs> <laughs> Got beat to the punch. So yeah, so these are um, the main suspects and groups that have been involved with the Irish crown jewels. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them came to untimely deaths. So hopefully the jewels are stay missing because apparently you don't want to touch them because yeah. you might die. Yep, bad vibes. And nobody, I also would like to point out that, like, basically no art articles that I read even mentioned the fact that everybody died weirdly. Like, is yeah. noticing that, like, you would think that there would be a curse, like, mentioned on these. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, yeah, and then he died by shooting himself in the chest, and then he died by train. It's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, like, these are not your common, like, he just died from old age. Right, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The longest somebody survived was 1944. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, it is very suspicious. I think we should be talking more about that. Yeah, about the, the missing jewels. Yeah, people, we don't want these jewels. Mm-hmm. They're gone for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, after the fact, there had been many false alarms throughout the years, and something interesting: a jeweler named James Weldon received a letter with extremely precise details about their whereabouts and identified the person that he met as Shackleton. Mm. Interesting. Apparently nothing really came of that, but it's just weird. Yeah. And then 20 years later, I guess the same guy received another letter, which he brought to the attention of the president, W.T. Cosgrave, who said, they're ours anyway, so we might as well have them. (laughs) And uh, however, they would have become the property of the British monarchy, so not like the parliament or whatever. Mm-hmm. And some say they were offered for sale to the Irish government in 1927. Some say that they're buried somewhere, which, why would you bury them? I don't know. Yeah. Unless they're cursed. <laughs> and then again, some others say that they were discreetly returned and Queen Elizabeth wears them today. But the official assumption is that they are broken up and sold in the Netherlands. And to this day, we don't know where they are. We don't know who took them. And it's still a mystery. Yeah. It's just so crazy to know that 
the story just starts off with this drunken security guard and ends up, you know, possibly a cursed jewelry trend. I don't know. Yeah. No. A lot of twists and turns, a lot of scandal. Yes, exactly. Everything that makes a good story. A lot of drinking involved, which makes it appropriate for St. Patrick's Day. This, the Order of the Knights was the Order of St. Patrick's. So that's why we're doing this now, folks. <laughs> exactly. We couldn't have planned it better. So that concludes our today's episode. We hope you guys really enjoyed that and found it super interesting. I know we had a lot of fun in researching this and just like taking all the twists and turns that the story had. And again, we want to wish you a happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, have fun. Don't lose any jewels. Yeah. <laughs> Be safe. It's technically a pandemic still. <laughs> <laughs> Um, already everyone so uh, that concludes today's episode but you can always keep up with us on instagram at bear roots b-a-r-e roots pod and give us a five-star review tell us you know how are you liking this podcast um and whatever streaming platform that you uh, prefer to listen to so check us out and we shall see you guys next week bye bye cheers cheers cheers